so for those who don't know i have a graduate degree how about that everybody i have a graduate degree which means i have a bachelor's degree i got two fucking degrees holy shit that tells you how little higher education means <laughs> that tells you any fucking idiot can get into college that's what I'm trying to tell you. But back, I graduated from undergrad in 92, and then I got accepted into grad school in 95. I took some time off to figure out what the fuck I wanted to do. And I was like, uh, I was working in like the social work field, social services field. And I worked in a residential home and a homeless shelter. And I'm like going, all right, if I want to keep doing this bullshit, I'm going to need to get a master's degree, right? And uh, so I applied to three schools. One said, go fuck yourself. The other one put me on a wait list. And the other one was like, yeah, you're going to pass. We'll take you. <laughs> and uh, that school was uh, Grand Valley State in the uh, wonderful city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I, I got accepted. And uh, the reason why I chose Grand Valley was a uh, couple reasons. One... Uh, it was accredited. You always want to go to a school that's accredited, right? It means it's got, it's fucking legit, right? You don't want to fuck around. Are you, are you accredited? You are? All right, fuck, okay. Somebody else has done the investigation to figure out whether or not this school's worth a shit. So they were accredited. And two, uh, I was looking for schools that would be within a day's drive of, of Buffalo, of if I ever wanted to go back home or if I needed to go back home, I could I could drive home pretty quickly, right? And Grand Rapids is six to seven hours of a drive, cutting through Canada. I haven't been home in a while. Uh, it's, it's been since pre-COVID. So I don't know what the bridge is like. I, you know, I don't know, COVID issues, all that horse shit. I have I have made no attempts. I think oh, one time I did go through Ohio and Pennsylvania. I went down and around because uh, I was with a, a kid, my buddy Garrett. He's not a kid, but he, he's a kid to me. He's not a kid. But uh, he did, at the time, he didn't have a passport, so we couldn't cut through Canada anyway, so we, we cut down and around. But um, So that's how I ended up at Grand Valley. I had never been to Michigan before. I kind of... Agreed to the school sight unseen. Um, I showed up like a weekend or so beforehand, basically to just find an apartment. Right? I didn't. I didn't know anybody. I was like, "Oh fuck!" I take it back. I'm lying. I did know somebody. It's as weird as it sounds. A guy that I went to high school with was working in Grand Rapids, like un unbeknownst to me, or like it was out of my knowledge, like out of my brain. And then I realized, oh fuck, Nick is in Grand Rapids. And um, so I stayed with him for like two days while I found an apartment. I found an apartment, I'm, I'm all good to go, like in fucking June or whatever the fuck it was, right? I don't know, whenever the fuck grad school started. It pretty, there's no break either, really. It's like you, for two years, you just go straight through. Like, there, you know, there's like a week uh, at Christmas, and then there's like a week 
off in between semesters, but that's it. There's no like summer break. Like you're going to school through the summer, which suck balls. But what you know, you gotta fucking get this shit done. So I was gonna go get that shit done. So I'm back in Buffalo, right? And I'm just preparing to leave. And a couple of months before I left, uh, I had started dating this woman. Uh, her name was uh, Stacy. And Stacy was a woman that I had been interested in for a while. Uh, I was just too, uh, too shy to really do anything about it. It always seemed like things were never really working out properly, right? Timing, whatever. Uh, but a couple months before I had to leave for grad school, uh, we did end up starting seeing each other. I asked to go out. We went on dates. Things were good. We we considered each other uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, it had only been a couple months, like two, three months tops, right? But when you're 24, 25, like, oh, my God, this is, a, this is the longest relationship I've ever been in. Holy fuck, you know. You're dumb. You're young and dumb, and you don't know what the fuck's going on. And Stacy was probably, I was 20. 425 she was i don't know 22 21 she was old enough to drink so she was at least 21 and uh so you know we're going through the whole rigmarole like she knows that i'm going to be leaving and i uh probably shouldn't have but i did it anyway i asked her to move to Michigan with me. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I didn't want to be alone, I guess. Um, I mean, my buddy Nick was there. I, I knew Nick. I, I, you know, were we super tight? No. I mean, Nick did his own things. I did my own things. But, you know, we weren't, like, hanging out every day. So it just... I had done the whole thing of moving to a, a new city, just kind of sight unseen, with not knowing anybody. I had done that before when I moved to Massachusetts. I didn't fucking know anybody. Was, got through it. I, I feel like the the younger you are, the easier that is. It's just easier for you to make friends. And I think maybe that's why I'm hesitant about moving out of my house and leaving and going somewhere else. But that, that's a different story. So I ask her, and the, part of the reason I ask her is because one, well, the apartment that I rented uh, was super cool. It was uh, one bedroom, but two full bathrooms. <laughs> Have you ever lived in an apartment that was one bedroom, but two bathrooms? Like, they were both stand-up showers. There was no tub, but they were both, uh, well, had showers. And so it was kind of like... You use whatever bathroom you wanted to use. It was very, it was very odd. I didn't quite understand it, but I enjoyed it. But the place definitely was big enough for two people to live in it comfortably. And she also, she was just working at like a grocery store. She wasn't going to college at the time, and I'm just like, yeah, come, come along, let's do this. Come join me, All right? I was uh, enthralled. I was in the moment. Uh, she was not, <laughs> and maybe rightfully so. 
may, maybe rightfully so. She just kind of, when I asked her, uh, she just had a look of horror on her face. Like, she didn't quite understand why I would ask her to do that. I also knew that if I were to leave and she was to not come with me, that the relationship would be over. I had done a long-distance relationship. Um, I, When I was in Massachusetts, I was dating a woman, and then uh, I moved back to Buffalo, and then she moved to Syracuse to go to grad school. And Syracuse from Buffalo is three hours away. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was... Uh, that was just too much of a, of a, of a distance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting a little froggy. And uh, this was all pre-internet too. So please remember that. There was like no social media. There wasn't even like email or anything. <clears throat> so I knew. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to fucking get a sip of water here. I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. I am... Uh, uh, I, I do know what the fuck's going on. I'll get to it in a hot minute here. God bless this fucking water bottle. Brand new fucking... Might as well make it childproof. Mm. But, um... She, she said no, so off I went. And the relationship was pretty much over. And it, it's funny... Because uh, I was living with two dudes that I went to high school with at the time, and she she ended up moving in. <laughs> she took my spot <laughs> at some point, uh, which I thought it, not ironic, just coincidental, I guess. Whatever. I'm, I'm, she worked with one of the dudes that I was living with, so it's not not a total surprise. But it was just it was disappointing to me that she didn't come along. But I think ultimately I probably dodged a bullet because whenever. Uh, I did happen to come back, and I wasn't necessarily looking to see her, but, you know, we had the same group of friends, and I'd, I'd bump into her, and um, it just never seemed like she was doing okay. It always seemed like she was uh, dealing with, with mental health issues, which was always unfortunate. And you're never able to diagnose things or recognize things as mental health issues, right? Like, you're just like, ah, oh, this person's fucked up, or oh, that they're doing something weird, or whatever, right? You do, you're not excusing it, you're just labeling it something else. You're not going, oh my god, this, uh, this person is depressed. Oh my god, this person's got a personality disorder. Oh my god, whatever, right? So I probably <clears throat> dodged a bullet uh, I dated a, a woman in grad school. That was a fucking fiasco. That's a story for another day. A lot of dating fiascos, everybody. A lot. I'm sure you all have them too. I'm sure you all have them too. So I hope <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy the stories. I am getting some relatively positive feedback on these stories, and I do it mostly to kind of show you the, the weird wackiness that has gone on in my life and. Uh, to show you, like, we all have weird shit. And, uh, you know, you got stories. I got stories. I'm sharing my stories. Hopefully you like my stories. I don't even know if I'm a good storyteller. But I like telling the story. I, you know, I'm, I'm revealing a level of, uh, not intimacy. That's not, what are you doing, Ween? 
that's not the right word, but uh, vulnerability, I suppose. Maybe that's a better word. But, uh, but hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. How are you doing? How's it going? It's the Elemental Podcast, everybody. And I hope you guys are having a good day. I hope you're having a good day. Why? Because it's Thursday, July 14th, Bastille Day, 2020. Dose. I actually said that today to a customer. Uh, she was looking at the calendar to figure out what day it was to write on the check. People still write checks. And I was like, July 4th, 14th, Bastille Day. And she's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that is the uh, the French Independence Day. That is when they stormed the Bastille to fucking take, take their rights back, to fuck the king over, all that shit. And she was like, whatever. And I'm like, okay, America, right? America. Uh, I got Ween Dog right there on top of the couch. I got Sadie Dog on the floor. I don't see Cow Cat or Larry Cat. Uh, probably on the porch. Who the fuck knows? Uh, for those who are new, and I know I am getting newer listeners, and I do appreciate that a ton. I, a lot of people have uh, discovered me over on Twitter, and when I say a lot, I mean like three. <laughs> and... Uh, if you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, I used to, uh, my name's Stu Kelster. I am the host. Uh, I used to do comedy for a living. I was a, a social worker for a long time. And now I'm uh, floating through life, currently as a dip and dot driver. And I have uh, worked a shit ton already. Uh, four days in, I've worked 47 hours. That's, that's not right, everybody. That's not right. Uh, pretty much my day consists of uh, get up, go to work, Come home, make dinner, podcast, play with the dogs, go to bed. That's it. That's that, that's my fucking day. That's my fucking day. Woo! So, uh, thank you for stumbling across this shit. It's basically me telling stories and then going over news of the day. I always ask people for recommendations on podcasts, and I was getting some. And someone actually recommended some podcasts to me, and they, they're... And jokingly, I, I know they, they did this, but they said uh, they listed five podcasts, and their first podcast was the Elemental Podcast. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. And he's like, yeah, legitimately, your podcast is my favorite podcast. And um, I find that absurd. <laughs> That's absurd that this is your favorite podcast. I don't strive to be your favorite podcast. I strive to be like, your third favorite podcast. Like, go listen to your favorite podcast. Go listen to your second favorite podcast. And then if you got some time, listen to this podcast. Make it your third favorite podcast, okay? That would be great. So I was listening to a podcast yesterday that just made me go, fuck you, right? Like, I don't know if you guys listen to podcasts a ton or not. I mean, I'm, clearly you're listening to this one. But uh, I was I was listening to a ESPN Daily, right? I don't know if you guys ever listen to that or not. It's uh, clearly sports-oriented, but usually it has a uh, human interest tinge to it. So, like, they would talk about um, the Brittany Griner stuff. Like, that that's a prime example, right? Or they might talk about CTE issues, right, in football or whatever, right? They just talk, you know, a lot of human interest shit. So I'm listening to the one yesterday because it looked it looked interesting. It was called The Great Imposter and Me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what is this about? And it's about a dude. Uh, what is his name? Um, 
Barry Bremen. In the late 70s, Barry Bremen did something uh, where he snuck on to in, into sporting events and actually kind of like he, w- he partook in the event. Like the first one was he snuck into the NBA All-Star game. He found a jersey somehow. He put on the jersey and he got onto the court. Weird, right? I mean, this tells you the lax security they had back then. He got into uh, the U.S. Open, the Golf Open. He somehow he got in the Major League Baseball All Stars. Uh, he uh, All Star game. He got into uh, the Emmys, where he actually got on stage and did a speech. Right, and so it's all like, oh my God, this is so cool. This get Barry Bremen. He's he's doing all this shit. Holy fuck! And I think it's only interesting to me. Because he's probably, at least known-wise, the first person to have done this. To, to sneak into shit and take part of shit. And everybody's like, oh my god, it's awesome. Like, he got on uh, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And, you know, I mean, that's big time. And he was doing all sorts of, like, interviews or whatever. And um, that's where I was like, fuck that guy. Because he was using this as a form of a way to get celebrityism, to get fame, right? He's not doing it for shits and giggles anymore. He's doing it like, oh, I'm fucking going to get on TV, and I'm one of the da-da-da. I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, if you were doing it just to have fun, you wouldn't do it to fucking get notoriety. You'd just go, you'd do it, and then you'd fucking elbow your buddies and be like, oh, my God, that was the fucking greatest. And you would, like, disappear into the mist as you should, as you fucking should. You're not a story, you asshole. You're not cool, you fucking asshole. Because what it does is it also can, um, it can kind of promote other people doing this too. Who, like, he never did anything with malice. Like, he never went to, like, destroy things or hurt people or any of that shit. He just did it to, like, get a weird level of fame. Uh, but, I mean, clearly there are people who are like, oh, my God, I can sneak in and I can fucking, uh, I'll shank Larry Bird or whatever, right? Like, just dumb. Just fucking dumb. So I'm, I'm, I'm hating this guy. And everybody's like, oh, he had such a large personality. He was very gregarious, this and that. And I'm like going, yeah, he's an asshole. He needs to be the center of attention all the fucking time. He needs to do dumb fucking things. Fuck him. Um, and I'd tell him to go fuck himself to his face, but he's dead. <laughs> Barry Brown's dead. He died from uh, esophageal cancer like a decade or so ago, right? And the reason they're bringing up the story from like the late 70s, and the dude's been dead like over 10 years, I believe. The reason they did a part two, because there were two part there were two parts to the story. The second part was uh they're like oh my god but the story gets even weirder and i'm like oh shit uh this guy he was uh he was involved in uh child smuggling he was a closeted homosexual uh what what's the story i'm looking forward to it because i actually i was going to stop listening to it but they're like it gets fucking weirder and uh long time listeners will know i'm down with weird i'm like fuck yeah let's get to it what what did this fucking asshole do is he a, a fucking mercenary? Has, it, has he murdered people? Like, what? Is What's cool? No. 
uh, at some point during his life, a doctor told him that he had good sperm. Now, I've never had a doctor tell me that I have good sperm. Uh, I've never been in a position where I would need a doctor to tell me that I've got good sperm. But uh, the doc said, hey, man, you got good sperm. You want to be a donor? And he's like, fuck yeah. You know, so he jerked off into a cup, got paid for it, done and done, right? Well, apparently, uh, through modern technology and 23andMe and all these DNA fucking websites, it has recently been discovered that there are like 60 kids. He's got like 60 kids that came from his jism. And I'm like going, this isn't unusual. This isn't crazy. Like, what are you talking about? He jerked off into a cup. They took the sperm. Some lady put the sperm in her fucking hoo-ha and they had a baby. Whatever. The, the weird thing was, like, he, he had three biological kids with his wife. See, I was thinking that that was the story was, like, he had all these illegitimate kids all over the country because he was when he was off doing all these dumb things, he was just banging chicks left and right. But nope, that see, that would have been cool. Not, yeah, he jerked off into a cup and he's got 60 kids, blah. Nope, jerked off into a cup. So, uh, his one biological son's got fucking uh, multiple sclerosis or something. He's got some sort of genetic disease. And uh, he's, he's all talking about stuff and he's like, you know, his dad's already been dead 10 years. He's like, I don't want to share my dad. He's, he's my dad. He's not your dad. I'm like, what are you talking about? You First off, your dad's dead. And second off, you don't have control of who your dad puts his dick in. Like, if, if they found out that he had illegitimate kids with some other women, that he porked a lady and they had a child, uh, go fuck yourself, kid. It was just really weird. But then the, the kid came around. He's like, oh, no, my siblings told me it's a good thing. So, yeah, I got more siblings now. Yeah, more gifts at Christmas. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Who gives a shit? But it made me, I was pissed that I listened to fucking an hour and a half of garbage. Because I'm like, fuck this guy. Oh, cool. What's the, what's the crazy story? Oh, he jerked off into a cup. That's not a crazy story. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and uh, that's why I should stop listening to ESPN Daily. It stinks. ESPN Daily was only good when the host was Mina Kimes. And now it's... uh. Fuck, who is the host? I can't even remember the host. Uh, something stupid. Wait, here's the host. Pablo Torre. Nothing against you, Pablo Torre, but Mina Kimes is way better. So fuck ESPN Daily. That should not be your first favorite podcast. That shouldn't even be your fourth favorite podcast. That should just be a podcast when you have absolutely fucking nothing else to listen to. But uh, even then, you should be like, well, I guess I'll listen to music. <laughs> And you put on a Pandora or an iHeart station or whatever. So that would be that would be fucking great. So today, uh, driving for Dibbin Nuts, today was supposed to be an easy day for me, right? Easy day. I was doing the route in Saginaw. By the time I leave and the time I'm done delivering dots, it's uh it's less than an eight-hour day, right? I think I got done in like seven and a half hours. Now, two of that was just driving to the first place. But then I got done, right? E for me, easy fucking routes. So I got a two-hour ride back, 
nine and a half hours. You gotta load up the van, whatever. But then my boss, fuck me. If you got a boss like this, your boss always adds extra shit. He's like, go do this, then go do this, then go do this. And the last one I told him I can't do because I didn't have the product to fucking do it, thank God. But it turned into a 12-hour day because then I got back and then he's like, hey, I want to take the van you're driving and uh, I'm going to go up to uh, Mackinac Island, the, the Grand Hotel, and we're going to try to pitch there and I'm taking the fucking sliding serving freezer. So can you load it up and can you load up the big cube? I'm like, you fucking cunt. So I do because nobody else can fucking do it. The old man can't do it. The pregnant chick can't do it. The young buck is too fucking lazy. He wouldn't do it. Nobody's there when I leave in the morning. Nobody's there when I get back. Fuck everybody. Fuck my coworkers. I actually asked him when he's asking me to do that third thing. I was like, is anyone else working fucking today? Can no one else fucking do this shit? How am I the fucking guy? You fuck. I need to tell them I need to get a fucking raise like immediately or I'm going to quit. And then they'll just be fucked. They will be fucked. <laughs> Leverage. All about leverage. 47 hours in four days. That's not right. That's not right. Should not be working 12-hour days. And that's why I feel like, I feel a little sick. I'm a little, just a little run down, right? Now, I took, a buddy of mine got the Rona, right? And I and I had seen him on Saturday. And I was like, ah, fuck. So I got one of these uh, home health test things. And I am in the clear, thank God. Right? Have you ever have you done one of those things? It's not too bad. I've had the ones where they when you went to the the, the clinic, the drive-through clinic, and the the person in the hazmat suit shoving a fucking Q-tip into your goddamn brain through your nose. I've had that done twice, and both times I had that. Well, actually, no, I've had it done more than I've done it three times, and every time it came back negative. The first two times was because I legitimately felt I was sick. And then the third time was uh, I, w- I was going to be an extra on a movie and they needed to, they needed me to be able to prove that I was corona-free. And I was like, all right, so whatever. I'll do what you need me to do. And whenever that movie comes out, I will be in it because there are some integral parts where I am like standing right behind the, uh, the main character. So unless... Uh, they do some really weird editing. I will fucking, I will be seen in that movie. So, do I have a line? No. <laughs> but you'll see me. Did I get paid? No. <laughs> but I'll be in it. Fuck. I'll let, you, I'll let you guys know whenever it comes out. It'll come out in 2025, probably. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Hey, do you ever, um, do you ever get connected to somebody on social media? Like, you've never met them in real life, but you feel like you have a connection of some kind. Like, not even like, oh, this is this is a good dude, man. Oh, we have a beer one day. Or, you know, nothing necessarily like that. You're just like, oh, this is a good guy. I like talking with him. There you go, whatever. But there's a guy on Twitter who, you know, I've interacted with. I've done some uh, football card trades with and whatever, and he seems like a really good dude. But his account is... Uh, has been disabled. And uh, it just makes me go, oh, what the fuck, right? Like, he doesn't seem like a dude who would have had his account disabled because he said some crazy shit. But it makes me go, oh, fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? 
But I have, uh, you know, I, I know he lives in Minnesota. Uh, Bro Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Minnesota, I think. Something like that. But I'm like, ah, fuck. You know, I tried to message him, but because the account's d done, he, he, can't, he didn't go through. So now I'm just like, oh, fuck. Now, probably forever, he'll probably never come back. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? And that just kind of sucks. It, you know, it just sucks. So I had a new listener ask me to talk about this. And because they're a new listener, I felt like I should talk about this. And it was something that I had wanted to talk about. But I just, it ne I never got around to it. You know, it was just one of those things. You know, I... You know, I take like a good hour or so before the podcast to go try and find things to talk about. And this was, for a couple of days, this was like, oh, I'm going to talk about it. And then I never got to it. But it was the um, the Georgia Stonehenge. You guys know what I'm talking about? There was a uh, Stonehenge. And you guys know what Stonehenge is. Stonehenge are those big rocks in England that are just kind of in the middle of fucking nowhere and they're just standing tall and you know they weigh tons and they've been there forever and people are like how the fuck did people 800 years ago a thousand years ago how the fuck did they move this shit out in the middle of a field you know so there's all these weird things weird beliefs like aliens fucking did it or you know, whatever and you're like ah fuck i don't fucking know so they kind of had a similar thing in uh rural Georgia, right? And um, it was built in the late 70s, I believe. Right? Yeah, 79. The company that built it was the Elbert Granite Finishing Company. Joe Fenley was the dude. He was the owner. And uh, he was approached by a guy who said, uh, Hey, uh, my name is Robert Christian. Sister Christian. And uh, I, I'm representing a group of people, and we want to have these things because we believe in God, and we want to leave a message for future generations, right? And uh, Fenley goes, uh, Christian informed me about his plans and the group he was associated with, and he said they planned this monument for 20 years. He said the group wished to remain anonymous and revealed to uh, Martin that his real name wasn't Robert Christian. It was a pseudonym chosen because of his Christian beliefs. After being sworn to secrecy, Christian told Martin his real name and some other personal information so Martin could investigate him properly before the uh, project began. And um, Martin, to this day, it said that he is the only person who knows Christian's name, but I could have sworn... I was trying to do some Googling. I wasn't able to find it, but I could have sworn that the guy's real name was revealed. And apparently, what I, I had heard this on a podcast of some kind, and apparently the dude was like some weird racist or some shit. I don't know. Again, because I can't find it. I can't confirm it. But the guy, he was kind of hesitant about all of it. He's like, eh, I don't know I really want to do this shit. So he quoted the guy like a price seven times what it would cost <laughs> to get the guy to bulk at it and be like, oh, fuck, that's too much. But uh, this guy must have been flush with cash. There's a lot of money to be made in racism. This is Donald Trump. And uh, so the guy's like, yep, got it. Let's do this bitch. And uh, 
blue, let's see, pyramid blue granite from Pyramid Quarry was chosen for the monument. Each piece weighed approximately 28 tons, making it one of the most challenging products to be worked on in uh, the company. Uh, Charlie Clamp was the sandblaster chosen to etch the message, which was 4,000 individual letters, right? Now, I had heard, I, you know, when I lived in Georgia, I was not aware of the existence of this thing. Uh, I probably would have gone just to look at it because they had things written all over it. And all the stuff written in it was not necessarily in English. It was Spanish and Russian, Chinese, Arabic, Hebrew, Hindi, and Swahili. Uh, the transcription said, Maintain humanity under uh, 500 million in perpetual bounds with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a, li with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Um, you got a problem with any of that? As I'm reading that, I don't have a problem with it, right? I mean, do you, do you guys? I mean, all of it seems to make sense to me. I know some people think like the the first thing of main, maintain humanity under five hundred million in perpetual balance with nature. A lot of people are like, "Oh my God, it's it's a form of eugenics. We we need to get rid of whatever. We need to get rid of." the Jews and the handicapped and the homosexuals or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I guess I don't read that. I don't read, get rid of whatever. I just read, let's not fuck so much. Let's, or, or at least let's not have kids. And I believe that to be true, we should not fucking continually fuck and have kids. We don't need to have 18 kids. We don't need to be fucking uh, that dude, uh, the imposter guy, jerking off into a cup and having 60 kids. We don't fucking need it. We don't need it. Uh, so it sounds all cool to me. I don't know. But the meaning behind the Georgia Guidestones is shrouded in mystery. Some believe that Christian commissioned them to leave behind a moral code for future generations. I can see that. I agree with the shit fucking written on the stones more than I do with the shit written in the Bible, okay? They kept it short and sweet. I like it. Here are a few of the more popular theories about the Georgia Guidestones. They're a time capsule. I don't know. They're fucking rocks, right? They're a message from aliens. I don't know. Some dude in Georgia wrote it. They're called to arms for a new world order. I'm not saying anything about that. They're warning about the dangers of nuclear war. Yeah, I kind of see that. Yeah, hey, man, keep your shit together. Be one with nature, you fucking retards. Uh, they're a guide rebuilding civilization after a cataclysmic event. I don't know about that. I mean, again, it's this is sort of this is the kind of shit that you read that you would get from Fred Rogers, right? I mean, I could sum the whole thing up. Don't be a dick. Be less of a cunt. If I if I had the Georgia Guidestones, that's what I would write on it. Don't be a dick. Uh, be less of a cunt. Uh, 
Use your turn signals. Don't stop at green lights. You know, um, return phone calls when people call you. You know, simple shit. There's been controversy about it. Oh, God. There was a dumb bitch running for a Georgia governor. Apparently, hey, if you live in Georgia, your politicians are dumb as fuck. Herschel Walker, a bunch of other fucks. This, this bitch, Candace Taylor. Gee, you guys got some fucking lunatics. Isn't Newt Gingrich, wasn't he from fucking Georgia? Christ on a cracker. She claimed the Guidestones were satanic and demolished them as a part of her platform. Now, she denies that she had anything to do with the destruction because if you guys didn't know, they were blown up back in like uh, early June. So like a month and a half ago, uh, there was some destruction done that was so great to it that they actually had to, they told the whole, the whole fucking thing down. Candace Taylor goes, God is God all by himself. He can do anything he wants to do. That includes striking down satanic guidestones. I, I don't. What's fucking satanic about? Hey, man, let's live with nature. So just fucking weird, right? So I'm looking more into it. I'm looking more into it. On uh, sorry, it wasn't uh, back in June, July sixth. God, I don't know why I thought it was June sixth. July sixth. So just a couple of weeks ago, they were heavily damaged in a bo uh, bombing, and then they were dismantled later that day. Uh, on March 22, 1980, the monument was unveiled by Congressman Doug Bernard before an audience of between 200 and 300 people. After unveiling the master of ceremonies, read a message to the gathered audience. In order to avoid debate, we, the sponsors of the Georgia Guidestones, have a simple message for human beings now and for the future. We believe our precepts are sound and they must stand on their own merits. Right. Sounds okay to me. Sounds okay to me. Uh, Bob Christian later transferred ownership of the land and the Guidestones to Elbert County, where they were. Uh, 1981, they had to place a barbed wire fence ring around the mountain uh, monument to keep cattle out, because I guess it's just kind of out in the middle of the field. And they were using it as a scratching post. <laughs> They're just going up, rubbing their backside on this thing. I got an itch. Go over there with those fucking huge stones. It's like the greatest of all time. Uh, there was a documentary about it, Dark Clouds Over Elberton, the two-story of the Georgia Guidestones, purported to expose the true identity of Robert Christian. The makers of the documentary interviewed Wyatt Martin, a banker who was involved in the financial arrangements for the construction of the monument, and was reputed to be the only person who knew Bob Christian's real identity. Well, what about the other fucker? The guy who owned the fucking granite place, he apparently knew. The documentarians persuade Martin to show them some of his correspondence with Christian, allowing them to see a postmark and a return address revealing that Christian had written from a certain house in Fort Dodge, Iowa, as well as a piece of mail that had been sent to Christian in care of Mr. Merriman. Martin showed them a letter dated uh, July 14, 1998, in which Christian wrote that he was 78 years old, and he also stated that Christian had last written to him around the year in 2001. On the basis of patent applications and political campaign finance disclosures, they identified a physician named Herbert Hinsey Kirsten as the owner of the house at the return address, at least from 81 to 2001. 
The name Kirsten is a low German variant of Christian. Oh, we're getting some weird shit. A nephew of Merriman, Kurt Wilkie, told the filmmakers that Merriman and Kirsten had been friends. Kirsten had to, was described in an obituary as a naturalist who was very involved in environmental and world population issues. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, 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 a local historian, William Sales Doan, told the filmmakers that Kirsten had been known fairly well in the community for his views about population control. Doan also related that Kirsten was racist to his fingertips. And in Doan's personal presence, he had boasted about his friendship with William Shockley, who was widely known in the 70s for his belief that black people were genetically inferior to white people and his belief that society should discourage reproduction by those who he considered less fit. Jesus Christ. <coughs> yes, okay. I have issues with that. I don't think we need to uh, breed out people or do the whole eugenics and all that. Fuck all that shit. Everybody be who the fuck you are. Be comfortable with who the fuck you are. But fuck me. We need to have less people. We don't need more. Just think about the traffic jam that you're in today. If there were less people, you'd fucking get to work on time. How about that shit? You could sleep in an extra half hour. Right? Fuck me. You wouldn't have the lines at the grocery store or anywhere else wouldn't be as fucking long if there were less people. I just I don't see a problem with someone going, Yeah, we need to fucking have less people. With that statement, there's nothing fucking wrong with it. Now I gotta see where the fuck you can want see this documentary. Uh, 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 hold on everybody. Dark clouds over uh, oh, watch online for free. Oh, it's on Tubi, everybody. It's on Tubi for free, so I might have to go fucking watch it. You guys can watch it for free on Tubi. Go fucking watch it. And let me know what you think. Because, I, I, again, I don't see anything satanic. I don't see anything wrong. At least the information that I have seen and discovered and whatever... Now, if these guys were fucking huge cocksuckers and assholes, well, then they're huge cocksuckers and assholes. But are cocksuckers and assholes wrong all the time? No. Good people aren't good all the time. Assholes aren't assholes all the time. That's why I know I'm a cunt. I'm just trying to be less of a cunt. So it's, I find it nobody's come forth and said, yeah, we blew up that shit. We blew it up. We're crazy fucks. We got nothing better to do. We brought attention to something that probably 99% of the American population didn't even know fucking existed, but now they do. We're dumb. We're dumb like that. I'm telling you, man. So much of the time, people do shit to try to hush up shit, and they just make it more of a thing. Like, no one would have known anything about this thing, but you had to bring fucking noise to it. You brought noise to it, you fucking idiot. So I don't know if that answers the question. The guy asked me to talk about it. I talked about it. I, I wish I had seen it. I'm going to have to watch that documentary now. I'll tell you how it is when I finish watching. Maybe it's something I'll watch this weekend. I'm not going to watch it tonight. I'm too fucking tired. It's 7.40 right now, and I just want to go to bed. Fuck. <laughs> I got to get up at 5 again tomorrow. Fuck. Uh, all right. I want to talk about one more thing here. Uh, this is just kind of silly. Uh, you guys all know I like sports or whatever. Uh, clearly big Buffalo Bills fan. Um, 
this is a story about a guy. Uh, this is a story of a man named Brady. That isn't a man named Brady. It's a man named Saban. Nick Saban, who is the uh, coach of the Alabama Tide, the Crimson Tide. He's a kick-ass college coach. He was a fucking awful, awful uh, professional coach, right? And I think it's because he's the kind of guy who wants to rule the iron fist. What I say goes, and when you're in the pros, all these guys are making millions of dollars. And they're like, fuck you, coach, lick my dick, eat my butthole. We don't give a fuck, fuck you. Uh, but when you're in college, you're dealing with young kids, and they're like, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever, sir, you got it, sir. So he's able to fucking do well in college. But when he was coaching the Miami Dolphins, uh, apparently there was a, uh, uh, back in 2005, they do these things called rookie shows. Apparently, I think it's just like talent shows where they make the rookies kind of do things and sort of embarrass them themselves. You know, it's kind of like a initiation shit. You're joining a fraternity. You gotta do dumb shit. Like, you know, I've always heard about like how the rookies gotta buy dinner for the veterans and you know it's like eighty thousand dollars or some shit right like i always heard tom brady would come in he'd order like the most expensive uh thing of booze he'd take a sip of it you know it's like a ten thousand dollar bottle of wine or whatever he'd take a sip of it and then he'd fucking leave like what a douchebag right tom brady's a douchebag grace of all time arguably douchebag definitely but apparently at one of these uh, rookie shows, uh, they're doing it, and um, uh, Channing Crowder uh, was on the team at the time, and he said, I brought in a stripper, <laughs> and I had her dance for Nick Saban. Now, I don't know if you know anything about Nick Saban. Nick Saban seems like he's uh, very just, like, uptight. He's got a lot of starch in his shirts. This dude is not comfortable with anything. And um, Nick just said, uh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Apparently she was trying to give him a lap dance. He grabbed her by the hips, moved her aside, and he ran up the stairs to get the fuck out of there. I just find that uh, super funny. Uh, I, too, like, I don't know if I would have ran out of there. I'm, I've always have been relatively awkward around strippers. It's not for me. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody likes hot chicks. They like hot chicks dancing. I just don't want a hot chick to give me a fucking boner and then, like, uh, demand money. Hey, uh, I put you in a precarious situation. Uh, you probably don't want to walk around. Now give me money. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, I can't lie. I probably would have done what Nick Saban did. I probably would have. So, kudos to Nick Saban. Whatever. All right, everybody, I'm done. Uh, this was a weird podcast, but whatever. Uh, if you guys could do me a solid, go like the Facebook page, go like the Twitter page, Elemental Podcast, that would be great. Uh, if you guys could check out my Macari store, I sell a lot of sports shit. I actually got some dolphin shit. If you like the dolphins, I got dolphin shit. Uh, the link is on my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you can't find the link, let me know and I can send it to you. You know, it's just weird, random shit. Can I ever get you something specific? Probably not. But uh, you never know. Maybe I'll have what you want. Um, and then uh, if you check out my personal Twitter, at Stu McAllister, uh, I have my pin post. I'm giving away a uh, Bill's Mafia thing. My buddy Matt Harper of Matt Harper Art on Instagram and TikTok. He made me a little Buffalo Bills figurine. I'm giving it away for free. Just look for the pin post. 
for your opportunity to win. Okay, please do that. Appreciate that. And then I do these four things. As I just mentioned, Matt Harper, he's on TikTok and Instagram, Matt Harper Art. He's got a lot of art to sell. He'll sell you some shit. Or if you want, you can commission him and he'll draw something for you. So go get a hold of him on uh, Instagram and TikTok, Matt Harper Art. That's Matt with two T's. The extra T is for titties. Stripper titties. I then check out Bare Boards and Tables. That's my buddy Mark. He makes some cool shit too. He makes things out of wood. He can make uh, keychains and knickknacks and cutting boards and tables, all sorts of cool shit. And he's got a Facebook and an Instagram and a Macari store. It's bare, like a grizzly, bare boards and tables. Go buy something from him. That would be awesome. Then uh, stay on Facebook and go check out Magic JBN. That is a John Badass Midgley. He is a magician, a social worker, entrepreneur, all around uh, great fella. So go check out his magic page on Facebook, Magic JBN. And then last but not least... Sunday Slaw, that's uh, Adam and Stephanie House, married couple, they eat coleslaw together, they eat a fucking lot of coleslaw, and so they made a Facebook page for it, and on Sundays, they do a Facebook Live video of themselves eating the coleslaw, and they give you the yay or the nay, so if you like coleslaw, go check them out, okay, so we got the Sunday Slaw, Magic JBM, uh, Bearer Boards and Tables, and Matt Harper Art, uh, and if you guys like this podcast, consider subscribing to the Patreon uh, it, it's the same shit, just more of the shit. So the freebies are Mondays and Thursdays. Patreon is every other day of the week. So uh, just five bucks a month. That's all it is. It's a paywall, Patreon. And uh, you'll get more, and I'll get five bucks, and life will be good for everybody. So I do appreciate it. You guys are the greatest of all time. I love you. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good day. Or whenever you're listening to this, I'll be back tomorrow for the Patreon, or I'll see you on Monday for the freebie. All right, guys. See you. Bye.